got. Okay. Welcome to another episode, a new episode of Move a Podcast. Now, back by popular demand, we have Michael Ferrari, co-founder of General Giant Moving and Storage. Michael, thanks for coming. Great to have you back again. Oh, thanks for, uh, for having me here. It's awesome. I love these podcasts. <laughs> well, you're in high demand, mate. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Okay. So, um, if it, I'll go, if we can, I'll just go back on recapping a little bit on some of the things, just to recap on how you got into moving. And last time we talked a lot about your, we talked a lot about your, your experiences in, with uh, NASCAR and being a uh, drummer in a rock band. Can you remind us what came first? Well, basically, um, what came first was the racing. I came out to California with a thousand bucks in my drum kit. I got, I fell into a Nissan GTP racing team um, and got to do pit crew. I did the tires. And then in 92, Nissan, um, it kind of fell apart. They, I wasn't doing too well, so they kind of pulled the plug. So basically how I started, I looked at the Recycler Magazine in El Segundo, California, and that's where I found my first job. So I went back to the El Segundo Recycler and I saw General Giant looking for actually packing and moving. Oh. So I applied for that. That's basically what I did. So the El Segundo Recycler was a, what was it, it was like an old newspaper that had um, ads for odd jobs in there? Yeah, it had just like um, classified ads in the back and I lived in that town. So mm -hmm. I figured, you know, just find something local. And my whole goal was to, you know, come out for music. That was my, that was my whole goal. And the opportunity I had to get on that race team, I could not pass up. I mean, I got to do the 24 hours of Le Mans. I've mm -hmm. done six 24 hours of Daytona. I got to go to Sebring. I went to Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, Watkins Glen, New York. I went all over in racing and it was an awesome experience, but I had to sit back with my drumming, but it was a chance to put money away, save and chase my dream. So after that fell apart, I went into the recycler, which is a wanted ad from El Segundo and saw General Giant looking for packers and movers, really. That, that was it. So I had some money saved. I thought I can do that and just kind of pay my bills and, and chase my dream. And, and that happened. Pretty cool that you could chase your dream. So you're, you see this job, you applied for it. Was it with Gentle Giant, the job, or where was it? Yeah, it was Gentle Giant and it was packing. And I applied it, and Patrick Griffin, an uh, Irish guy, mm -hmm. um, started the company in 1987 with just one truck out of a house in Venice. The guy oh. was a genius. I mean, he started with one truck, uh -huh. he built it up, and... Um, so I was doing uh, packing and I was there for like a week and the guy who was the head packer didn't show up. So Patrick gives me all this paperwork and says, here, you need to do this, figure this out. Um, and I'm like, well, I've never been the head guy at packing. Yeah, just add the boxes, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so I did all the paperwork and he was impressed with me. So he asked me, would you be interested in doing estimates? And I really didn't want to, I just wanted to chase my dream. But when I was walking down the hallway, the old warehouse we had in El Segundo, had a bunch of offices up there that he wasn't using. So my theory was, okay, I'm gonna do estimates and then I'm gonna practice my drums because the, the warehouse was right down the street where I lived. So basically my that's what happened. And I just did estimates and did estimates. And then I got into the band in 1992. Uh, mm -hmm. the, he was very generous. He let us practice there. 
after hours. So and, you were uh, practicing at the warehouse, the General Giant warehouse and with the band? Yeah. Yeah. In, in 1992, it's a crazy story. In 1992, I got into a band mm -hmm. and uh, we were practicing and uh, uh, practice was very cool about it. He let, he let us, uh, he just, it was a warehouse industrial area. So I started, yeah. I would do estimates at like get up at like six, mm -hmm. do estimates from eight until like five thirty, six in the morning, uh, six in the afternoon. Yeah evening i'd run back to the uh where uh back to my um apartment i'd eat a tv dinner run back and practice at eight o'clock at night until one o'clock in the morning and i did that monday we practiced monday wednesday and friday religiously i mean we were a very very structured band how long then, so so you've practiced of an evenings how long would these practice sessions go for from eight at, at eight o'clock at night until like one in the morning Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Oh, I, 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 it was brutal. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, I would work on the songs because it was perfect for me because right. I'd drive around doing estimates. So I'd put it, the cassette in and I would listen to the, the, the music because we were a very structured band. Like we had to, the end of the day on Monday, what we learned, we had to come in Wednesday and know that we don't start from the scratch again because you never get anything done. And we were very structured. And then in 1999, we got a two and a half million dollar record deal. No kidding. <laughs> Yeah, on the band, uh, on this record company called Wind Up Records, which is the same label as Creed, um, and they had a major money, a, a, a minor uh, label, not a major label, but a, a mini label, but major major money. They liked us. The guys were totally cool, and they signed us. So in '99, so, yeah, so when they was, signed you in '99, did you? Did you stop with the moving quoting estimate business at all altogether, or did you just continue to do it on the side? No, I I told Patrick, look, I mean, right when we got signed, we we were it was going quick. We went to Vancouver, uh, we recorded the record um, in Brian Adams' studio in uh -huh. called Gastown, uh -huh. um, and uh, it went fast. And I just told him, thank you, but you know, my dream. I mean, I couldn't pass this up. Uh -huh. So I, you know, and we had a. I mean, this was a big deal. We we had. Uh, signing bonus, I had equipment bonus, and I was very good with my money. So, you know, I always put it away because I knew when you're a musician, you never quit your daytime job. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I always put, um, I always put money away. So I was okay, but I, this was my dream, man. This is what yeah. I came out to do. And everybody told me I couldn't do it. And, and we we're just a garage bed. We're nothing, we were nothing special. You were a garage warehouse bed. <laughs> yeah, garage warehouse bed. Exactly. I mean, we should have called ourselves a gentle giants. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, literally. You know, so after that, um, yeah, I told Patrick, I'm so sorry, but I left. I gave him some time to find uh, another estimator. So he did. Yep. And then off on the road, I was. I went. So you, but then you came back to moving. Okay. So then we were doing very well. Mm -hmm. We're up to about 150,000 CDs in the United States and 50 in Europe. Right. And you, you basically go back and forth. You, you, you tour United States nine months, you go to Europe three months. You go back and forth and build up a following. Yep. So um, what happened was everything was going great. We got to play Leeds and Reading in England, which is like Woodstock over here, 80,000 yep. people. It was just fantastic. Amazing. Then we're at the BBC recording a radio interview, going back to open up for the cult, do a 30,000 seater, <laughs> everything going great. A second video is going to come out on MTV. We're all dialed in and boom, mm -hmm. the planes hit the trade center and my career is over. So that, so two, that would be two, 9, 11, 2001. Correct. Yeah. And that was it. That was a stopping point right there. 
That was it. It just did. Uh, I mean, it was just a whole chain of events. We had a video that was going to come out on MTV. The end of the video had the world coming to an end. They wouldn't play that. Uh, the record company said, go back in the studio. We, they were five blocks from the World Trade Center. They were in New York City. And they freaked out. They took Evanescence, uh, Creed, Drowning Pool. They took all their bands off the road and go, go in the studio and write a new record. And we're like, what? write a new record. I mean, we're a garage band. It took us like 10 years to write the first record. You know what I mean? So it's not that easy to write a record that people want to hear and the record company wants to sell. You have to do kind of a cheeseburger song. So basically I'm on, my career's done. You know, I'm in my middle thirties. I'm done. You know, look, it's great to be in a rock band, but once you get that and then it all falls apart, you know, it kind of, it's hard to get at that age. It's hard to get back into it. I mean, I'm a good drummer, but you know, it's the, the competition is brutal out there in music, you yeah. know? Yep. That makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. So you've said, you know, this is just, this industry is going to just kill me or take me down and my odds of success are slim. I'm going to go back into moving and you went back and approached Patrick at this point in time. Yeah, because you know, here's one thing my father called me. I mean, you got to keep your word. You got to be, you got to be honest. You got to be straightforward. You know, there's a lot of people that are shaky. They just, and that's why I really like the, mu- the, the music business. There's a lot of shaky. There's people who shake your hand and be so cool. And then before you know it, they're stabbing you in the back, you know? Uh-huh. Yep. So, and um, I just, I don't know. I just thought that at my age and look, I'm good, but you know, come on, you got to get, you got to get really think about it and you know so i went back to patrick and i had a great relationship with him and uh he said yeah sure come on back so i started doing estimates again and um i was kind of bummed because it really wasn't what i wanted to do you know i mean i I, it's a it's a crazy story i played with lincoln park which is a huge band and then in 2003 i'm delivering boxes to the lead singer you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) did you really sleep yeah i'm not kidding i I, he didn't know he didn't recognize me because a drummer you know they don't recognize a drummer but i was i played leads and played a reading festival with lincoln park in 2001 did you tell him you 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 played with no because he doesn't you know he didn't care put the boxes over here you know what i mean (laughs) i I played leads and reading with lincoln park in 2001 the Reading Festival, and then he had buying his new place, and I'm it, it, everything fell apart. So I'm kind of doing an estimating, kind of helping out Patrick and doing boxes, and you know, just because I'm because because I had an estimator, so he's trying to fill me back in to do stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So I just started doing, yeah, I'll do whatever. I'm I'm pretty open to do that. I'll I'll move. I'll do whatever it takes. I, I needed a job, and I need to go back. And thank God he he hired me back. Um, so he goes, oh, we got to do a box delivery. Can you deliver it to this guy? And I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And yeah, it's, it was uh, um, the lead singer uh, from Lincoln Park. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, things change quick, you know? That's pretty classic. And that's my life. That's how things have changed. I went to Nissan to rock band. And then after that, um, 2007 and eight, Patrick was getting really tired of the business. Mm-hmm. He uh, was looking at a way out and he wanted to kind of get into some partnerships. I was there for a while. I helped kind of build it a little bit with my uh-huh. sales. Um, and he was just very generous, man. I, I, it was an awesome opportunity. So that you gave had me. the opportunity at that point to take over and be a co-founder with, um, uh, can you talk about that? But that's with Maria, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Now Maria Cates, she came from um, another moving company and answered phones at like 19 and moved all the way up. Oh, wow. She's awesome. She knows everything about the moving industry. Look, I'm really good 
-hmm. at sales. I'm good with the crew. You know, I believe in teamwork. When I was with the Nissan team, I, I saw teamwork. I mean, we had 12 guys that we dominated in 1988 and, and it's all about communication. It's, and another thing, having the right equipment, mm -hmm. having the right attitude and, and, you know, doing it right and teamwork. And, and, you know, I tell my guys, you're not movers, man. You're professional, you're professional furniture relocators because people come down a lot on the movers and it's hard work. I mean, try to get a sofa, eight foot sofa up two flights of stairs in the living room. Try to do that. It's not easy. Yep. And um, I just, I don't know. I just kind of, I got the opportunity to kind of take, take over and actually do estimates. And then Maria runs the, the, you know, the kind of business aspect. I do right. the sale and kind of the, the, the deals and, and do estimates and stuff like that. So how did you and Maria Cates meet? Well, she came in, uh, I think she came in around 2000 and she was working with Patrick uh -huh. and, pa and Patrick was, Patrick was a brilliant man. Like he was very smart and uh -huh. he, uh, but he kind of had a lot of people around. It was kind of dysfunctional, like not, not the greatest as far as like, doing the building and stuff. And she came in and I was like, wow, she had a suit, you know, she came with a business suit. Like this is, wow, we're professional now. You know I, mean? I, changed, I was going out with jeans and like, I changed and put dockers on and like, she was real professional. And then it just didn't really work out. And she went to another, she got a very good opportunity in Houston and she went to Houston. Mm -hmm. And then when I had this opportunity to, to be a partner, I begged, borrowed and steeled with Patrick. And I said, listen, I'm only doing it with Maria. If you want to be partners, she was getting all these other people and uh -huh. three here, this over here, over here, all the other people. I said, no, because I can sell and I, and I, and I can build the confidence in the guys get teamwork. Cause I know that cause I grew up with a father that taught me that, uh -huh. but I don't know all the workman's comp and you know, taxes and that's yep. a lot to know all that stuff. Right. So she does that. And I just said, no, then because he really wanted me cause we had a good relationship. And so I, I said, no, there's no way. And then he just like, okay. And then that's kind of what happened. And then we took it over in around 08, 09. Wait, right, when, oh, right when the housing market don't. <laughs> that's what I'm Perfect. saying. Great luck that I got. <laughs> well, moving, I don't think it, correct me here. You've been in the business for a long time now. Uh, it doesn't really uh, change with the recession or boom market, well, does it? Yes, actually, you're right. You know, it actually is great when when the economy is good, people go from small to big. When the economy is mm -hmm. bad, they go from big to small. But when yep. the economy dumps and no one has any money, people are just leaving their houses with all their stuff in it and not even showing up. I mean, oh. I feel the banks made a big problem there. They should have just said, okay, what can you afford and, and still maintain the house? Instead, yep. they threw everybody out and then, then the houses were just let go. And what happened was that the housing market dumped. Storage people weren't paying for any of our storage. It was really oh, difficult. Boy. Yeah. So I started thinking outside the box, really. I just uh -huh. started thinking, okay, we have to, we got to keep going. My, my goal is to make sure these guys can feed their families. So I yeah. figured out other ways of revenue with like, unfortunately there were, you know, a lot of people get divorced back then. So a lot of uh -huh. divorce lawyers, there were some, a lot of working there. And I went into checking out, um, there was a false uh, washing machines on one of the washing machines that had a problem and it would leak the house. So I called State Farm Allstate yeah. and I just referred them as, listen, I do good work. You know, I'm not the cheapest, I'm not the most expensive, but I do quality work and I stand behind my guys and my name, you yeah. know, and um, you know, it worked. It got us kind of yeah, out and did. Um, I, I did help out a lot of people in storage. Um, I did take a cut. We all took a cut, not the guys, but we all took a pay cut in the office and we just kind of 
buckled up the bootstraps, you know, it's moving, you know, and just did it. You did it. And now here you are one of the yeah. most successful moves in the Los Angeles basin. Yeah. It's now, kind of tricky because yeah, we do it really is. good work and it's fine. It's, it's, it's specialized. You know, we do, you know, I appreciate you even finding us. I mean, Mova, I think is great because the problem that I have on estimates is not getting an accurate quote. And with Mova, you can do that. It's great. You know, well, thank you. That is the most appreciated. So as a co-founder, you've moved people from all walks of life. Can you think of any moving experiences that stand out for you in your time? Let's see. Well, you know, we did. Yeah, there was one, uh, we moved this real highfalutin producer right. and he had a horse that was a lamp mosaic and that <laughs> thing was over $900,000. A $900,000. What was it? It was a, a mosaic horse, a horse, like a standing oh horse. Lamp. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Now you would think that came out of Wolfgang Pup, Puck's house. You know what I mean? Like almost <laughs> I was custom done. It was awesome. Right. And, um, I had my A team. Well, all my guys are pretty, you know, all my guys are great, but you know, I had guys that specialized in that. And yep. I basically, I, I, I had like the truck, two cars in front, two cars in back. And then I was behind it. So I said, if somebody rear ends, they got to go through me first before they hit that <laughs> horse, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, so uh, we've done that. And then we've also had an armoire in Wilshire that the customer insisted on getting it into his penthouse and it wouldn't go up the stairs and it would not go in the elevator. And a lot of times we do, which is very shaky. We get the engineer and we put yep. it on top of the elevator casing and we go up the shaft, which oh is my gosh. crazy. Yeah. It's inside. It's outside the elevator shaft and we go, it's kind of crazy, but anyway, yeah. couldn't do it. So we hoisted it and, and it was like eight in the morning and people are eating breakfast and watching this armor go to the side of this. <laughs> <building>. <laughs> and you know? if this thing, but you're hoisting it, yeah. it's on a cable then. Yeah, yeah, we had a massive rope. We had a couple of guys that were in the military at the time, and in a massive rope, we just threw it over the whole building and just blanket wrapped the hell out of it with a big net and just like he hoved it right up to the penthouse because he had an upper deck. He wanted a very top upper deck, and it was, it was all one piece. The crown wouldn't come off, the doors wouldn't oh come off. Oh my goodness! It was like, and I'm like, sir, you know, let's just cut it in half. And nope, he wouldn't do it. So, you know, you did it, but you did yeah. it when you got it up there. Did you celebrate? You must have been. <laughs> Yeah, celebrated you know, together up there. just like you know i after that i, I after that i kind of thought you know what man we can do it all yeah. i mean i got great guys and i can do it all i just uh, like it's funny three weeks ago i just craned a 900 pound cement custom tub into a house into a oh, what? yeah i just did that uh, uh about oh i don't know a month ago oh my goodness yeah I mean, this is insane yeah so so yeah, we do it all, but mainly we do moving. We do internet, you know, we do, yeah. uh, you know, households. Um, yeah. That's our specialty. We know how to do, uh, you know, the chairs and wrap them yeah. properly. And that's the one thing, you know, we shrink wrap and pad and that's in, that's in the hourly rate. Well, that's this is a, an interesting question. It brings to my mind. You talk about having moved these very expensive and uh, specialty items but you've also done some business moving as well. Can you explain how moving a business is different to moving a residence? Sure. A business is basically what we do is you put everything on a dolly and mm -hmm. everything goes into the truck. It's like a snowblowed load and snowblowed unload. Okay. And then it's kind of round robin. The house we wrap, 
you know, we take our time, we got pads, you know, we prep the house. Businesses, it's kind of like, okay, get the file cabinet on it, wrap it up, put it on a dolly, boom. And then we have like 500 dollies we take out and then um, everything's on a dolly. So it just dollied in, dollied out. And we put like, you know, 20 guys on it. We do have to do it at like seven o'clock at night. They're, they're kind of tough. Sometimes in right. early, early in the morning. And then is um, the 7 p.m. at night was because after hours with the with the business is that the typical yeah because they don't allow yeah they have a service elevator but sometimes you have to go through the lobby they have to put masonite up because you have mm -hmm. to protect the flooring and you know you got business you know you got people going through the lobby you can't be moving they don't want that and they're yep. paying rent so of course they're going to complain so yep. you have to be quick and the way I always do it and <clears throat> I've done it I've learned. I learned now because my guys are seasoned and I'm not doing any more four men, uh, you know, 10 hour days. I'm doing five men, eight. I mean, people don't really understand that, but it's like, it's better with quicker. It's better with quicker, uh, more men in less hours. So when I do an office move, you know, some people might put in 10 guys, I'll put in 20 or 15 because you got guys that just kind of push it to the truck. And then you got the load, the guys that load it and get it going. And um, it goes pretty efficient on top of that. We have plastic totes where, a lot of times we'll just bring out the totes, uh, you know, a couple of weeks before um, and, the, and the client and their employees can load up all the plastic totes and, and then we just move them and they all click on a big system and they roll on a dolly. So it's really quick. You know, that's do, the key. On do when you talk to, when you, when you, when you're booking a move for the business, do you explain to them the need to go for more men rather than fewer men to explain to them that it's actually going to end up being safer and equally cost efficient for you by doing more men? Yeah, because basically most people get it. Like, like I deal but with a lot of with businesses. Do they get it more so than people or is it yeah, equally totally. difficult? Yeah, okay. totally do. And another thing is here's the deal. You have a curfew, like, right. you know, like, like we do a how we do um, a marina high rise. You have to be out by five. It doesn't matter if you have an armoire in that elevator and it's five o'clock. The security will throw you right out in the street. You have to be out. So mm -hmm. I, I always put extra men. So we're I'm always done by three. And you just never know in moving. So you never know. The bed could be a little bit more difficult to take apart. You just mm -hmm. never know. So it's kind of that old saying, CYA. You know what I mean? And that's what I do. A lot of guys, a lot of guys will bring out three guys to do a four man, you know, to do a, to do a four bedroom house and they're there until seven o'clock at night. You know, mm -hmm. that's where attitudes happen. That's where damages you can't, it's just, it's just hard. And, and I tell people this, I mean, think about it. You guys, most people move once every five years. Right. We do it every day, you know, and, and these guys have to rest. So, so I, I have a really good system. I put more men and I kind of tell people, look, if you really don't want to do it that way, then I just, you know, thank you for the opportunity to do an estimate, but I'm going to move on and, 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 and just go to the people that understand the way I want to move because I don't want to beat up my guys, you know? Yeah. Um, that's a big key point is if you're beating up your guys, they're going to do bad work somewhere down the line or they're going to get injured or something bad is going to happen. Yeah. And also an office move is very important too, that, you know, don't forget, you're dealing with a commercial realtor, a commercial property owner that th mm -hmm. these guys don't mess around. 
you know, you scratch the elevator door, that's $3,500 a door. Uh -huh. So they want you in and out. And that's what we do. And, and you got to prep the, you got to prep it very well. I usually take pictures because, you know, you never know, you get blamed for stuff that you didn't do. So, you know, we go in, we take pictures before we even, before we even set up. I have a guy go in there, take pictures of, of the office, the, the elevator, the flooring, everything. Then we lay masonite down and then we start wrapping and we start bringing dollies in and get, you know, dollies all up and ready to go. And it's like a well-oiled machine. And yeah. the key on local moving is really, it's not based on the company. It's based on time and you being organized, ready to go. The first thing we do is take all the boxes out and all the small stuff. Mm -hmm. Then once all the furniture is wrapped up, we take the big stuff out. And then once the bed's apart, we take that out. And then the wardrobes come in. And then once that's all done, we go to the destination. We bring the bed in first, then the dresser, okay? Then the boxes. It, it, it's a total system. And my guys... The key is teamwork. So I was able to get team guys together. I got two men jobs. I got three men guys, four men guys, five men guys, six guys, eight guys that all work together that know once that truck shows up, the driver goes to the customer. Those other guys are taking out those pads or getting the dollies. They're prepping the flooring and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's like, I kind of like to run it. And that's what I tell my guys. I, I kind of want to like to run like a pit stop. When, when I used to do pit stop, we used to be able to change. Pit stops in your Nissan GTP right. days. Nissan, yeah, I used to be able to change when I did pit stops back in the day. I used to be, we used to be able to change four tires. Now again, four guys over the, five guys over the wall, four guys can touch the car. Uh -huh. so, uh, they would, you know, change four tires, fuel the car, change the driver, and wash the windshield in 17 seconds. <laughs> that's but that's we don't moving. Move that fast if we want to be safe, but yep. I, I kind of put that teamwork towards my my company to to say, listen, teamwork you know, lift up and, and, you know, and they all do that. They, you know, on one, two, three lift, you know, yeah, bang. like a finely tuned team machine. Right. So it's really, this is pretty interesting for a lot of people to consider. There's a, the differences between the number of men versus the number of hours, the number of men makes it more efficient. It doesn't necessarily make it more cost efficient. It does it's a, it's used, but it doesn't, take away from the cost in other words when you're suggesting running five men as opposed to three men it means that it's more per hour but at the end of the day you're looking at a more efficient and safer program and fewer hours correct yeah the only thing that can kind of get you a little bit would be the driving you know let's mm -hmm. say you're going to la to san luis obispo what i would mm -hmm. do is i would do three guys and do it in, do it in two days mm -hmm. or if they wanted them day i got to put eight guys in it but then mm -hmm. you know because i want to be done look i want to be back by five or six the dot are very strict on rules now i mean mm -hmm. i got two brand new trucks that have electronic log mm -hmm. and if they you know my guys people don't understand this but when we're at eight o'clock in the morning at, at the customer's house they've been up at five to get to the warehouse at six to get to the customer's house at eight so they've already up three hours so mm -hmm. i can't i don't want my guys come back at seven eight o'clock at night i mean it's, it's not fair because mm -hmm. everyone else works an eight hour day so i gotta do and they're moving furniture and with these brand new trucks i have with electronic logs if you program them in there and then they're at eight o'clock at night you're screwed so the yeah. truck will shut down so what i do is if it's a long drive time i i do it to where i can do it one day we put we put these special locks on these um, we special bands on these uh, locks on our trucks, so we have not been in the truck, so it's secure. Uh -huh. And then we deliver it the next day. There are people that say no. I want to be in my new house in Santa Barbara tonight. I don't care what you do, make it happen. So I make it happen. But with <laughs> something like that, I put in I I put you know 
someone will quote that four guys. I will put six because it's just a lot quicker, man. You got now you got two guys taking a bet apart. Now you got two, two, and two. You got three guys, three teams, two, two, and two, taking three pieces of furniture, big pieces out at once. You know, now here's the only thing you have to be careful. This is where my kind of experience comes in and estimating. And this is why that move is awesome because you do show the access. Mm-hmm. Now let's say you you have the guy wants to do it in one day, but you want eight guys on it, but there's only one access. Well, that's not a good way of doing it. I would tell him, look, you got to do it in two because they're going to be bumping into each other. You can't you get one way. Now, if you have a garage and another access, then you got two and two, you can flow out both ways. I got two trucks at one truck at one end, one truck at the other end, boom, power load and let's get it done. You know? Yeah, that's brilliant. So you're now, not only are you saving time here, valuable time, but you really are making it more secure and saving them in the long run money. Yeah, here's where it goes bad. When you have three guys, okay, uh-huh. they're, they're, they're getting to the unload around two, uh-huh. okay? That's not good. And there's a lot of loose stuff. Uh-huh. By 5.36, think about it. Five o'clock in the morning, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, yep. eleven, twelve, two, three, four, five, six. That's thirteen hours, man. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that, that's just too long. It's not right. It just can't. And I just don't. I don't operate like that anymore. I mean, back so in the this, day, we used to, but yeah, just, sorry, sorry, to interrupt you here, Michael. But is this when we're referring to the local versus long distance? You brought that up just a few minutes ago. There. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, let me let me. Yeah, let me correct that. Yeah, it's basically lo- uh, local. So what do you call local? Even- if you're, well, let's say we're in LA, where your headquarters are in Hawthorne. We, let's say it's a, it would, a move within LA, you would consider local, but let, would you say another area in, say you were to move to Santa Barbara, that's long distance now, correct? What you well, brought up well basically how it works is a local move is within 100 miles. Right. Anything outside of 100 miles is an intra-move, intrastate. Right. right. And then anything outside of that, an interstate. Right. So it goes by the weight. Anything after 100 miles has to go by the weight. You know, a lot of people still bid it by hourly, you know, three hours up, three hours back, everything. But you're not supposed to. You got to go by the weight. So what we do is I I usually just go through and I have a formula that I use and um, it's pretty accurate. It's a little heavy, though. I, I I, look, it's a, I've learned, man, it's a lot easier to tell a customer that it's, it's your move is five grand and, oh, no, it's, it's 4,200 than say, you know, it's 4,200. Oh, man, you know what? It's five grand yep. because of this, because of this. Oh, we didn't know the bed was stripped. We didn't know that you didn't have any hardware for the bed. We didn't know, you know, that, you, you know, you told me it was a two-level house. It's a tri-level. Yes. yes. So, Michael, thing. this brings up a really interesting question that I had for you, and I've seen a lot. There's been a lot in the news media, both on the digital news news media and even in the news uh, uh, visual dis- news media about shady moving schemes. And it, it, maybe it's there, there's shady movers or maybe it's just the problem between the moving company and uh, this communication with the customer. But you, can you tell us, you've, you've witnessed a lot of this in your years. Can you tell us what is happening here? Yeah, well, basically what's happening is, you know, California has changed a lot. They had a lot of complaints. They had, I think, over 10,000 complaints with the PUC, which is the Public Mm -hmm. Utilities Commission in -hmm. California. I don't know about other states, but the regulation now is the fact that when we come in, I give you a price. It basically covers shrink wrapping and padding all your furniture. 
okay? Because that's in the hourly rate. That is not an extra charge. You, mm -hmm. you do not, not allow to charge the customer extra. And when you do packing, the boxes include all the materials. Mm -hmm. and, and the reason why they stopped it, they stopped that about six years ago. It's a way for the movers to have an open door policy for the customer to just to really rip them off. I mean, back in the day, I, when I did my numbers and formulas, I did estimates, we used to charge $9 an hour per man for mm -hmm. materials. That's what it is. You can't do that anymore. So the box prices include all the materials. So at the end of the day, you can count up all the boxes, small, medium, and large, and that that's all you pay. And then the hourly rate and the move covers the shrink wrap. I mean, there was no extra charges. The only charge is mattress bags because it's a health issue. But these guys come out with a low hourly rate and they're killing my business a lot. They, they come out with a low hourly rate. They do, the, they do the move for you. And at the end of the move, they go, oh, oh, I'm so sorry, but we owe 500 feet of shrink wrap and we use 25 rolls of tape at 15 bucks a roll. You owe 500 bucks for wrapping materials. Now you got three guys in the, in the house. The customer's like, well, well, I didn't know that. Oh no, we don't know what we're gonna use. We don't know until we use the materials and that's how it goes and you need to pay us that, huh. you know? And a lot of times it goes, the, the little shaky ones, they will leave the most expensive, they will negotiate with you when there's still stuff on the truck. And that's not cool, you know? You, you get everything off, you sit, to, yeah. You know, you got the TV, you got the, 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 the China cabinet that's worth a fortune, you know? And that all stays on the truck and then you're negotiating. And now, you know, you know what I mean? So, it's, so what, it's, wouldn't there be also a bit with the, the time? So they, they tell, with this, is there a bit of the, the time involved is critical here because if you're saying you've got three movers and you'll take five hours, but you take nine hours, that's a big difference, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, really you should, you should do what you have, Andrew. You should do the mover so you have a clear idea. Over the phone, I can call you over the phone 400 bucks for a four bedroom. It doesn't mean uh -huh. anything. You know, you got to have something. You got to always have a detailed list or the video is the best thing to do because you can see exactly what type of furniture it is. You know, if it's particle board and Ikea, I tell people just dump it. It's not meant to be moved. It's going to cost you more to move it. You know, yeah. people have these platform Ikea beds. They want us to take apart. You're tripping over a thousand bucks to save a hundred. It's not worth it. Dump it, you know, drag <laughs> it behind your car. I tell that to people. Now, if it's really good furniture, <laughs> Like long, okay, long distance is what I tell yeah. you. Long distance, if it's great furniture and it's good stuff and you like it, take yeah. it. It's cheaper to move it than buy it when you get there. As long as it's good stuff. If it's Ikea, tie it in the back of your car and drag it down the street. It's not worth it. It's just not. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you don't like it, I get people like, oh, I just don't like this crap. I hate it. Well, then, you know, and if you're going over 2,000 miles, then don't take it if you don't like it, you know. But if you're going to Vegas and you're kind of on the fence, it's not that far from California, then I'd take the kitchen sink, you know what I mean? But yeah. when you're, when, and local, and local, the key on local, and, and, and it's hard for me because I like to be honest and I like to be straightforward with people. And there's a lot of times where people are not organized. I walk into a house and I said, oh, the lady's like, okay. I have a color code and this is where my estimate's gonna be. And I have the schematic of where all this stuff's gonna be. I think that's great. I walk into a house, the dog's jumping all over the place. The kids are screaming, there's junk mail <laughs> packed to the pill and they are not organized and ready. I know they're not gonna be ready to go on the day of the move. I'm gonna add a guy and I'm gonna add some more time just to be safe because we're gonna have to show up the day of the move and do packing. I, I, just, yeah. I just know that, you know, and that's just kind of comes with experience. But as far as, you know, moving, moving locally, you really should have, you should really have a clear idea of what you want to move. Mm -hmm. Your move is that the move of video is amazing because we can see it in an accurate quote. And that's the key. That's an accurate key. quote from a qual from 
a yeah, your licensed mover, you do the research on also on the background of the mover, I would say. Yeah, and here's the thing. Yeah, you gotta, you know, it's always good to get, you know, if you're referred, but you know, you, you've done your research. Licensing you, of the being licensed would be a key thing that you'd want to know with a movie yeah, company. Yeah, there's a PUC number. It's, it's, it, well, they changed it now. It used to be the PUC, but like they said, they'd shut that down. Now it's the Consumer Protection Agency. But this now, is I just would, for California. So just for yeah, our audience, this is just for the state of California, the PUC deal. Yeah, this is just for, yeah, Public Utilities Commission, just for California, but it's no longer around. Now it's the Consumer Protection Agency. Mm -hmm. And they're actually going to start going after like, you know, we call them rogue movers. They're, they're right. rogue movers. They're the ones that ask for a deposit, which you shouldn't. Mm -hmm. they, they really don't have a license. You got to look at to see if they have a PUC license number. I'm not a big fan of the, you know, the better business and all that stuff. It's, it's like you can pay for that stuff. You got to really just see, you know, you kind of got to do some research and making sure they're registered. And they're not a rogue mover. But like I said, you've done your research. You've done extensive. I mean, you came to my warehouse, I don't know, before you even got on move. I don't know how yeah. many times. Like, I don't know. We spent a lot of times. time together. I mean, I, I don't have kids, but I was like, geez, this guy's going to take my, my first blood. <laughs> of my, like, no, you went through everything to make sure my crew, I mean, like I said, all my yeah. guys are background checked. They're all full-time professional movers. There's no one yeah. I pick up off the street. But, but that's how you, and that's what's so great about Muga because you've done all the legwork. People don't know where to look. That's the problem. They don't know mm -hmm. where to look. And you've, you've done all the legwork where, you know, and I stand uh, behind my job, my work. That's just key. Now, I know some movers do take, a sm take small deposits, a booking deposit, but that would be small relative to the move, right? Is that, a, is that something? Well, yeah, definitely. Definitely you want to, yeah. With that, with, with moving what you have, yeah, definitely. Um, but what I'm saying is there's you can take a deposit with mover because you have a concrete yeah. idea what you're moving. Right. But when you yeah. take a deposit from some guy over the phone and says, I have a two bedroom. Look, yeah, I've been yeah, in a two yeah. bedroom and that took an eighteen wheeler and I've taken them in a two bedroom that took a half a truck. Yeah. You have to see it or you have to have some type of foundation. Yeah, yeah. I will yeah. never quote a, I will never quote a job unless I get a list or unless I see it. And the problem is I, I turn down a lot. And that's yeah. why I wish- So there would be would a problem with the list too, because the beds are different sizes and fridge are different weights and that sort of thing, wouldn't there? Yeah, well, like I said, with your new technology and with Mova, I, yeah. I really, I'm shining away and I keep referring people to you because I, I'm trying- <laughs> And we love it by the way, thank well, you. Well, no, because look, Andrew, I'll be honest with you, okay, this is what I have to do when somebody sends me an, a, a list. Then I have to, and then they don't even give me the address, which is the toughest thing. Then I have to Google Earth it. I have yep. to look at it. I can't even see half the time. You have one-stop shop. I get, the, I get the whole thing, everything. I got a full video. I know exactly what I'm moving. They, they show the outside. They show, you show the distance from A to B. It's, it's awesome. Well, mate, yeah. thank you. I greatly, I'm, I'm very, not only do I appreciate that, it's very good to get feedback from people like yourself that have been in the game for so long and know the ins and outs and you're teaching people, but you're teaching us also about what are critical elements that need to be seen. So you're giving a proper evaluation. And that's, that's one of the key, really key things here. I want to ask another question too of you here. This last year has been interesting for to say the least for everybody on this planet um what are the most some of the most significant changes you've seen in the moving industry itself over the past 12 months 
Well, basically, uh, the, the safety precautions we've been taking, mask, mm-hmm. you know, gloves, um, sometimes even booties, mm-hmm. and um, even sometimes a whole, like, hazmat suit on. Some people are very freaked out. And yeah. um, we, we, you know, and, and again, I'm in the people business, and I'm in moving. And look, moving is one of the top stressful things in life. Right. So a lot of times people, they want what they want. I, I do it, you know, I do it, but we have gloves and it's difficult too, because, you know, you're sweating those rubber gloves and, you, mm-hmm. and um, that's why we pull the shrink wrap really tight to get a good grip on the furniture. But, you know, and then you're breathing those, those masks. It's not the greatest, but it is, yeah. we're in a pandemic. It is what it is. Um, again, again, you know, we're movers. I, I see stuff that I'm like, I don't know, man, I, I, let me take some videos. Let me take some pictures and let me, let me talk to my guys. And they're like, man, we can do that. No worries. I mean, we, we, we shipped a, we shipped a, a Mercedes to Dubai. You know what I mean? No like, we kidding. Yeah. So it's, it's like, but with this pandemic, we definitely, it is a kind of a challenge, but it's been quite busy because, well, even with you, we've been getting a lot of leads from yeah. MUVA and, um, a lot of people are just relocating. They're just, they are. So they're relocating. This is a big thing we see a lot of, and I've actually talked to a number of different people about this relocation. Where do you see them relocating to? You're in, come in, you're, it would, I would say from your perspective, it would be, you would be dealing with people relocating out of Los Angeles. So, so you're seeing more moves interstate or more moves to different smaller towns in California, or what would you say you're seeing? Well, I mean, a lot of people are just moving because um, in California too, is because what's happening is they're, they're buying a place that has a little bit more land right. and they're building their tough shed or they're building their container and they're making their home office. You know what right. I mean? That's yes. happening a lot. And there are a lot of people that are going out of state. I mean, we moved, I mean, we've gone to Idaho. I've, I mean, I've gone to Idaho a couple of times. Who goes to Idaho? Nobody really goes to Idaho. <laughs> and now the next two, three months, my drivers are turning around going to Idaho. A lot of people are buying houses. The, the price is very good there. The taxes are very good there. Um, they're, they're building, you know, a garden and their kids are in the yard and the weather is not an issue anymore. It's like, it's just not and they they probably might will come back maybe when they get older but you know it it, a lot of them are are going to small towns they they really are it's uh so you've seen more small town moves in this last year than in the in than than many other years that you can remember yeah definitely especially to idaho montana i've moved five five people from manhattan beach to montana wow yeah you know, and uh, Idaho, Utah, Ohio. I have a guy that moved to Ohio. He's like, I'm paying $5,000 a month in Playa Vista. Mm-hmm. I can't use the amenities. I can't get my coffee. It's a tri-level. My kids can't play outside. Um, I bought a house in Ohio for 300 grand with a 3,000 square foot shed in the back. And he goes, I work at home. I was crying. My kids were outside playing tag, you know, and they're having a blast. It's, you know, they got their jackets. I'm a little chilly, but they're having a blast and they got a whole land and yeah, yeah it's it. they're done. Big, big, inter- big change. Yeah. So a big yeah. change. And that, do you see that with the businesses or this is more with individuals that we're referring to? Do you see it with businesses? Well, what I see a, yeah. What I see a lot of now is the small offices, like the little small internet companies, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, and they're just, what they're doing is they're bringing it into our storage. They're storing it. Oh, and just kind of waiting and just kind of waiting. Everything's a wait right now. How you know? interesting. 
How interesting. Michael, this is fascinating. I've got one more. If you've got the last, one last question, and I always say sure. this to people say that, but I do have another question here. It's, if you had one important tip for business owners and homeowners considering a move today, what would it be? Considering a move. So if you're considering moving as a business, would you have one tip for that business owner? And if you're considering a move as a homeowner, what would you say would be one important tip? No matter where you're moving to. Well, as a business owner and you're moving a business, you definitely have to go with the company because you're dealing with a high rise, which most of them will request a certificate of insurance. So there's right. no way under of, of going shysty on a, on a, on a shysty mover yes. because if it's a nice building, but some of them don't. And if you don't and you get a, you get a mover that goes in there and damages that stainless steel sliding elevator door mm -hmm. and they don't cop to it, they're going after you. So uh, I would make yeah. sure you got a company that can handle the certificate of insurance. Yes. As far as a homeowner, um, individual homeowner. homeowner. Yeah. As far as a homeowner goes and a homeowner move, I would say the move is the best move you could ever have in your life is from eight to five, eight to six at the So minute. pick up. So when you say eight to five, pick up at your location, at your home, your existing home. Pick up your home packed and ready, or we do the day before packed and ready. We're so loading at eight. They start loading loading the truck up at eight a.m. in the morning, mm -hmm. and then they and then they're dropping. We're signing the paper. Off. And then we're signing the paper at five thirty in the evening. Five thirty in the evening, everything's dropped and inside there. Yep. Yep. Everything's put no, not drop. Put down nicely. <laughs> ah, good point. <laughs> everything. everything <laughs> That's why you're the pro mover, mate. Yeah. Everything is put down. I said, oh, another thing too. Another thing, if you're doing your own packing, yep. label your boxes on the side because mm -hmm. the last thing's going to go in is boxes and you don't want your kitchen boxes going in the garage. Now you got to move them all over the house. So we will move them anywhere you want, but make sure, you know, oh, here's another tip uh, real quick. Uh, another yep. tip. When we get to the destination, a lot of times we'll show up with two big trucks. Okay. The neighbors want to come out. Wow. Who's this? <laughs> Who bought Jimmy's house? Jimmy, yes. who's Jimmy? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, they go in and now they're out in the parking lot and they're out in the, out in the street talking. Oh, how you? Oh, now they're having a glass of wine. Meanwhile, we're moving. We're moving. Mm -hmm. Stuff's going in, going in. Okay, we're done. Now they go in the house and go, oh, no, the sofa's got to go here. No, these boxes have to go over here. No, man. Be organized. Be ready to go. And when you get to the destination, be with the driver. Have a floor plan because time is money. And the more ready to go you are, the more organized you are, the more you're gonna save money. And that is the key. And I tell you, my guys love to go into a house that's ready to go. They go into a house that's just like a bomb went off. You're probably gonna get a closer to what I estimate or, or even over, or we might even knock a change order on you because you're not ready to go. There you go. Preparation is key. key. Preparation is yeah. gonna save everybody aggravation and time but and importantly for the customer the most important for them is they're getting a quality move they're saving money on the in the process of all this and one last thing really it's like like i said eight to five so yep. i always figure my estimates if i get into seven o'clock in the evening i add another guy so now i'm at four guys now okay i'm at five now i'm gonna i'm gonna add another guy you know like i said i'm not doing four men ten hours anymore it's five men eight we're done yep. Yep. and it's so much better it's everybody's happy I mean, it, it is. And then if we do like three, let's say to Palm Springs, I definitely do it in two days. Two, two, two day moves. 
two-day moves. You can't. You so, can't do. So the the, the plan. Duty. How do you do that? How do you do it? To, how, just quickly. How would you do that? This is LA to Palm Springs we're talking about, say from yeah. Marina Del Rey or so yeah, that's yeah, a good one. You'd know that like, Marina Del Rey to Palm Springs. How would you do Correct. that? Pick so up at 8 a.m. Yeah, get in at 8 a.m., load it all up, they bring uh -huh. it back to the warehouse, and then we put these bands on them. There's these bands yeah, on the lock. Yeah. Okay. Three gotcha. First it's in the and, warehouse. So you're you're yeah. basically storing it in the warehouse in storage vaults. Yeah. No, no, we don't you don't no, store it, it's just the truck yeah, goes in the warehouse. It just goes, uh, it's, well, it's locked up. Does it go in the warehouse? It's just locked up and it's, it's, we have a highly secure yard. And yep. then it goes, um, I have a, a band on all the locks with a serial number that you have. And then when you get to the destination, you have to, you have wire, we give you wire cutters to cut the lock. Um, oh, in fact, cool. I, real quick, I got a really funny story. Yep. We moved to, we moved to judge in, in Brentwood yep. and, um, you know, he said, I think he was going a little senile and everything. He didn't trust anybody. So yeah. we did the move and he was going to Palm Springs, big job. So he said, uh, I said, look, I put bands on it. No one's going to be in the warehouse. I have cameras everywhere. No problem. He's like, no, no, no. I'm using my own locks. I'm like, okay, no problem. Well, you, you can lock it up yourself. No problem. So he locks it all up. We go, you know, back to the warehouse, get up. And here's the good thing about going to Palm Springs because we can get up at six in the morning and get there at eight or nine. And now we're unloading and then we're done by noon and then uh -huh. you get all afternoon to unload. So it's great. Uh -huh. So anyways, we get up, we're all ready to go. We're heading to Palm Springs. We're at the destination. Okay, Mr. Judge, we're ready to unload. Okay. Where's the key? He doesn't, I can't find the key. So we're like, Oh geez. So then we go to the hardware store and we have to buy these locks, you know, cut, cut locks. He bought special locks that you couldn't even cut with the, with the damn, what do you call those? So the lock, oh, yeah. Things. Yeah, yeah. we had to get a locksmith to grind it out, you know? So, amazing. but, but that's, wow, that's well, this the, is amazing. I'm going to tell you, this has been great. We are coming to the end here, but this is, I have, uh, there's going to be more questions for you as there always is. These stories are fascinating and a great insight. And I really got to say, as always, it is just fabulous to have you come on the show for the, the people, just to you know, let Michael say a quick bit, um, please subscribe to our podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Mover Inc. That's M-U-V-A-I-N-C. You can also reach out to Michael Ferrari on email, I think. Right, Michael? Would that be the best way to reach out to you? Yeah, correct. It's uh, Michael at ggiant.com. Perfect. And then yeah. that, thank you very much for coming on, mate. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Um, it's great. And yeah, next time, oh, I, I got a lot of crazy stories. Oh, in the movie we industry. love it. So well, you want to hear some later? I can sure do it later. For sure. So until then, until later, thanks everybody for tuning in and see you next time. Please, all of you, keep moving. Keep moving. Move up.